What in God's name are we doing? Coming up on Philosophy Talk. We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. Ideals of manhood differ across time and culture. So why is it there's any one thing it means to be a man? We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. Should men always have to be masculine? A doctor looks at a baby, decides it's a boy, and saddles it with a whole lifetime of expectation. I'm not a baby. I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Why can't we have feminism and men's rights? I am a man more sinned against than sinning. Everyone should have grievances about the way they're treated on the basis of gender, men included. Our guest is Robin Dembrock from Yale University. What is masculinity? I'm a man, Peter. I've got an ocean of testosterone flowing through my veins. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Does masculinity need a makeover for the 21st century? Should your gender matter to who you are as a person? Why think there's just one thing it means to be a man? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Accept your intelligence. I'm Ray Briggs. And I'm Blakey Vermeule, sitting in for Josh Landy. We're coming to you from our respective living rooms via the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where I teach philosophy and Blakey teaches in the Philosophy and Literature program. Thanks for stepping in to co-host with me today, Blakey. My pleasure. Today we're asking, what is masculinity? Well, it's a tool of the patriarchy. We should get rid of it. Oh, come on. What have you got against men? Uh, nothing. I, some of my best friends are men. What I'm against is narrow expectations. Like, why should men have to be strong or aggressive or bad at showing their feelings? Masculinity doesn't have to be about narrow expectations. Men can be caring fathers or shy introverts or, or figure skaters, whatever they want to be. And you know what? None of that makes them any less masculine. So you're saying that anything a man does is masculine by definition? Well, isn't that better than trying to shove people into little pink or blue boxes? Sure, maybe it's better. But at that point, why worry about gender at all? Why not focus on what we have in common as human beings? A lot of people really care about being men and, and they want to be good at it. Strong, honest, self-sacrificing. Unfeeling, domineering, violent. Look, Blakey, you have to admit that some of those stereotypes are really messed up. Sure, we should get rid of negative stereotypes, but aren't there plenty of positive things about masculinity? Men are supposed to be straightforward and say what they mean. Well, yeah, everyone should be straightforward and say what they mean, not just one gender. Okay, but uh, upper body strength, very white voices, and luscious beards are specific to men. Hey, there are women with beards too. Look, I, I'm not denying a woman's right to grow facial hair, but most people with beards are men, and I say it's a good thing to rock your manly facial hair. Sure, sure, there's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing especially right about it either. I mean, some men look good with beards, some men don't. Why, why should we have to lump them together under one image of masculinity? Have lots of masculinities, plural. That way people could choose whichever one suited them. Oh, what does that even mean? Well, not every man has to be a heroic firefighter. They can be stay-at-home dads or older gay men who lead neighborhood cleanups or nurses who comfort the sick and the dying. Oh, gosh, now men have to live up to society's ideal of what a good male nurse is, too. You're just introducing more stereotypes. I mean, how does that help? 
great question, one we can put to our guest, Robin Dembroff from Yale University, who's writing a book called Real Men on Top, The Metaphysics of Patriarchy. We'll talk to them in just a little bit. But first, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Ariella Markowitz, to talk to some people who are helping men rethink their relationship to masculinity. And a quick warning, this story does discuss sexual assault and domestic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Colin Adamo is a grad student studying clinical psychology. He also educates kids about sex. When he first started going to classrooms and talking to students, he noticed he was usually the only cis male sex ed teacher. There was something that I could provide to the young men in the classroom that maybe others couldn't. Validation of their experience to be like, I know where you're coming from. And a lot of the materials that we produce don't often feel like they really take into account the perspective of young men or like all the cultural factors that they have to navigate that are really challenging. Stereotypes like having to be straight and mistreating women to be a real man put a lot of pressure on teenagers to engage in risky or abusive behavior, but they're rarely acknowledged in health curriculums or even in conversations at home. So Colin says that it's really powerful to be upfront about masculinity. Being sexually transmitted infections, intimate partner violence, sexual assault, and homophobic bullying. All these issues that we've been trying to address for decades, they all involve young men, and yet they never address young men directly. You know, there's some problems around these other issues, but really if we help young men embody more transformative masculinities, like a lot of these other problems will be solved inherently. Transformative masculinity. It isn't a new idea. When second wave feminists were fighting for equity, a lot of them included men in their vision for gender revolution. This is Betty Friedan in 1964, speaking about how a lot of men begin challenging their traditional roles. Kill bears when there are no bears to kill and, and, and napalm all the children in Vietnam and Cambodia to prove that I'm a man, you know, and be dominant and superior to everyone concerned and never show any, any softness. Well, these boys that are wearing their hair long are saying, no. But part of the reason transformative masculinity never became mainstream is because of a patriarchal culture of abuse and silence. And that has real consequences. A disproportionate number of men are in prison, show symptoms of depression, and commit suicide every year. Young men are often getting a very direct and brutal education about being a man. My dad used to hold me down while I twisted my arm back. The pain would be piercing. He would keep twisting until it would almost break, and he would say, that doesn't hurt, quit complaining, be a man. That's Galen Silvestri. He's sharing stories about his past at a live event hosted by the Men's Story Project. He grew up being told, don't show vulnerability or pain. Physically hurt others before they hurt you. He suffered years of abuse and also abused others. And after years of therapy and community support, he was able to change. It is time for men to tell their stories, for men to tell the truth about being men and begin the healing process, because there is no need for this pain. This legacy must not continue. Josie Lurer, a health researcher, founded the Men's Story Project 14 years ago after leading studies on adolescent sexual health and facilitating an HIV support group. Back in 2008, there was very little by way of public dialogue on how it is that boys and men are taught, raised, pressured, socialized to be quote-unquote men. Lurer says storytelling encourages men to let go of their suffering that's tied to the fear of not being man enough. 
She believes men need spaces for solidarity and compassion, the freedom to show that being a man can mean anything you want it to be, whether it falls inside traditional gender roles or not. I think there are as many ways to be a male-identifying human being as there are male-identifying human beings in the world. If a particular guy wants to play sports and, you know, whatever, do things that, you know, eat really huge cheeseburger. Well, I don't know if I would support the eating huge cheeseburgers. But anyway, the point is, you know, if he wants to do some things that have been stereotypically called masculine because they really love those things and it's not hurting anybody, cool. You know, I don't have any issue with that. My, my only concern uh, as a public health person and as a human in the world is about supporting people in living lives of health, equity, and self-expression. This kind of philosophy isn't telling men they're not allowed to be masculine. On the contrary, it's affirming that anyone can be a man, there are infinite ways to be one, and that healthy versions of masculinity support health and equality for all people. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Ariella Markowitz. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.